I'm North Star America, and welcome to Getting It How I Live podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is so dynamic, way beyond your average. This might be above your head, so get some understanding. Getting it how I live, going big, gigantic. I paint the picture so vivid, cause this is dynamic. This is so dynamic, way beyond your average. This might be above your head, so get some understanding. Getting it how I live, going big, gigantic. I paint the picture so vivid, cause this is dynamic. So, this is the very first podcast. This is podcast number one. So, I'm really excited about doing this. Uh, it's my first podcast ever. And um, this is basically the introduction to what getting and how I live is all about. So, you know, we all have been on a journey in our life, you know, from day to day, from the day we were born up till the day that we are right now, you know. And uh, getting how I live is basically me sharing my journey on a day-to-day basis, uh, getting it how I live. And the getting it how I live part meaning, you know, however I'm living and how I'm getting it, you know. And the getting it part is really about making money, you know, because that's what it all boils down to in our lives is about uh, being secure uh, financially or at least uh, having some financial stability, okay? So I am an entrepreneur, but I'm an entrepreneur with a day job who's working to transition out of that day job into uh, being a full-time entrepreneur because my entrepreneurship at this time is part-time, you know? And, uh, you know, bills don't stop. They keep calling. You know, you got to keep paying them. So you have to get it how you live. You got to, whether that's getting a job or you work for yourself or, you know, um, whatever you're doing, however you're getting it, that's what it is. So for this episode, this first, very first podcast, I'm going to share some things about myself. You know, um, right now I'm 41 years old. And as I said before, I am an entrepreneur, but I'm an entrepreneur with a day job. Why do I have a day job? Well, I mean, look, life presents you with all type of challenges and uh, it takes money to make money. You know, really, it's not the money that you need, but it's opportunity. It's uh, the right circumstances and people and things of that nature. So, you know, even though money, it takes money to make money, but it's really opportunity that makes the money. And in my circumstance, my situation, you know, I haven't had the opportunity per se to be able to optimize and maximize a situation where I can go into business for myself full-fledged. So I started this podcast because I thought it was a great idea to go ahead and start really documenting the journey and sharing the journey with the world because there's things that I deal with that I face that hundreds of millions of others or people in the world, let me say across the globe facing and deal with 
and that's a challenge for them as well. And in this case, uh, excuse the noise in the background. You know, I am at home right now. I'm off of work. It is December. Uh, today is Wednesday, December 26, 2018. And the time is 1118 a.m. And, um, you know, the city's at work uh, the day after Christmas and they, <laughs> they're out picking up garbage and doing all kinds of stuff. So if you happen to hear any noise in the background, that's what it is. So please excuse it. But um, back to my point is, look, there, once upon a time, I used to own businesses. Like, they were very small businesses, but they were, they made money and they sustained me and they were able to pay my bills. But I also got involved with the wrong side of business and I ended up catching a case, getting locked up, doing federal prison time for roughly about 13 years, you know. Uh, the actual prison time that I did was like 12 years, some change. It totaled 13 years because, you know, when you throw in going to the uh, halfway house and all that and doing that transition, it totaled out the 13 years. Um, I actually was in, in the federal system for about 14 and a half years or something like that because of federal probation. I got off probation and, you know, now I'm completely, totally free to go where I want, do what I want, how I want, whenever I want, without any hindrances or anything of that nature. So I'm gonna share a little background with you as um as to what happened with that situation. I used to be involved heavily with music. I was in the music industry. Um independent, you know, uh music label that uh actually made money. <laughs> you know, selling music, but also had a mobile wash that made money. Um, and, you know, before doing business on the internet was like a big thing like it is today. I was involved with that back then. You know, we were already, we had up websites. We were offering different services like uh, printing and uh, graphic design. And um, we also did we had a music page where we were putting up featuring artists and, you know, their music and things like that. So we were technically we were ahead of our time and we were ahead of the curve. We were just, you know, doing some things and um, those things were working, you know. But unfortunately, I got in trouble. I had to sit down for a while. And while I sat down during prison time, I, um, I made a decision. I was like, you know what? I got myself into this. Now I need to get myself completely out of it. And um, I should have stuck with what I was doing that was actually making me money. Uh, that was working out legitimately for me. But, you know, environment, circumstances, you get caught up in all those things. And it's hard to remove yourself out of that mindset when you're deeply involved in it. And it's not just activity, but it is the energy, it is the the surroundings that, you know, I would say they they it's such a huge, powerful influence on you, you know, especially as a male. You know, for females it's a bit different. Um, you know, but for males it's you know, and I 
it may sound a little biased, but I mean, let's look at what it is. Everybody gets influenced, whether male or female, but males have a tendency to be more influenced by doing things than a female because males are always involved in doing something. Not that females aren't. So I don't want this to come across as if I'm trying to say females don't do anything because that's not what I mean. Because females get in trouble too. All right. They they get just as much as prison time as as males as males do. But what I'm getting at is, you know, um, it is easier for a male to get involved in things and in trouble because, you know, we are always seeking validation, always seeking, you know, um, trying to do more or appear to be something that, you know, we just want to be bigger than who we are. We want to do more than what we're doing and things of that nature. So that's basically my point. Um, but that environment, you know, the people, the situations, the circumstances, you know, I, I got wrapped up in it and uh, it ended up costing me a lot of time and it, and it damaged part of my life, uh, with my children and things like that. So, um, it's still a healing process. And I mean, overall, you know, life is good. I can't complain. Uh, I've got myself out of all of that mess. You know, I don't have any of the same associations, affiliations with anybody in that realm because I knew while I was doing my time in prison, you know, and I looked around as I seen all the different types of people around me. And, um, you know, people coming from different backgrounds, cities, states and things like that. And the thing about uh, being in the federal system is not like the state system. The state system are people who are basically caught up in that state. And, you know, and, and majority of the people in the prison system are from that state. You know, you got people outside of that come from different places uh, and somehow they got caught up fr from doing something or whatever. but majority of people in the prison system in a state are from that state. So with that being said, the federal system is people comprised from all over the globe. Okay. And I mean, it's generally people who are in the United States, across the United States. Uh, but <laughs> you know, these are people from all over the globe. So, you know, anybody who's doing federal prison time, they're not doing time with people that's just from their state, their city, uh, their town, neighborhood. They're doing time with people from somewhere in California and Texas and New York and Florida and Washington and uh, Nevada. As somebody who might be from somewhere in Europe or in the Middle East or things like that, you know. So there's a uh, there's a huge collection of diversity within the federal system. And then not only that, you have people of all kinds of classes who are doing time together. And I mean, judges, lawyers, scientists, uh, high-ranking military personnel, people who were involved in, um, you know, different things like national security, CIA. Uh, you got people who are contractors and engineers and um just all sorts of people you know you got uh 
low-level money-making people, high-level money-making people, people who, you know, owned or headed uh, 500, uh, the Fortune 500 companies and things like that. And now you have all these people together in a melting pot doing time and they get to know each other and it's, and they exchange, you know, things that, that their experiences as far as like, you know, how they got to where they got or why they were doing what they were doing and things like that, you know, not people aren't sharing like their innermost secrets or anything like that, but, you know, um, you get to know people and you get to learn things that you, and expose to things that you never were exposed to. So while I was doing time in prison, um, and I didn't do like what you call hardcore time and hardcore time is like when you're in the like higher security facilities where, you know, people are like getting into fights and shanking and all that type of stuff. You know, I was, uh, I was in a low level security facility, uh, for a majority of my prison time, except before I got sentenced, I was in, you know, in a highly secure uh, facility because that's just the way they do it until they figure everything out. Then they send you where you got to go and all that. And then they base stuff off of where you're going by your uh, criminal history, um, your age, and, you know, a few other factors. And um, fortunately for me, you know, when I got in trouble, I didn't have a criminal history. and I was at the right age at that point where, you know, where they sent me, it made it, it made it uh, easier for me to get through without having to deal with a whole bunch of the um, worries that people deal with when they go to higher security facilities, you know. And, um, but I got to meet a lot of great people. I mean, look, I met people who, who, you know, are, who brought us technology that we use every single day, you know, uh, such as like GPS and Google earth and things like that. You know, uh, I did time with people who, you know, worked in the white house and, uh, who financed, uh, who made huge, uh, campaign contributions to people getting in office as president. And, um, I met, you know, engineers who had uh, worked on the first Dodge Viper and, you know, uh, guys who held patents to like fiber optics and all this type of stuff like this is like real deal, Holyfield and, and, and you know, uh, people who were like the head uh, or, or partners, the founders of the biggest, you know, the third largest law firm in the world and that were multi-billionaires and things like that. You know, you learn from these folks and um, it was amazing. Uh, You know, it was, it really was, you know, I don't say, Hey, you know, go to prison and be in prison uh, or things like that. That's exactly not what I'm talking about, but I'm basically saying that the experience that I received, the people that I came across made, helped me come to this decision um, to, you know, totally like turn away from what got me there in the first place.
And why I turned away from it, it was simple. I have children and, you know, I love my children. And even though some of the things that I I was doing to make money, I felt would benefit us in the long run. Uh, But it was it was in a way it was selfish because I was really thinking about what I wanted versus what was best for them, you know. And even though what I was some of the decisions I was making was about them. It was just that my outlook and my viewpoint and some of the the reasoning as to why I made certain choices was very limiting and it was it was damaging. So I said, you know, I'm going to make the most of this time. Instead of me serving the time, I decided that I'm going to make the time serve me. So what I did is I accumulated as much information that I could. I learned as much as I could. I um, even pressed the system with what it provided to pull out, you know, some some skill sets that would help me in the long run. And so um, I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to I already know entrepreneurship because. I know how to get into business legitimately, but because when I get out of prison, I won't have anything. I'm basically going to be starting from zero from scratch. Like that's going to be it. And I know that I don't have any financial backing. And so I'm going to have to find a way to get the money. And that is why I, um, Ended up coming up with the phrase, getting it how I live. It's not an original phrase, something that I created per se, because it's something that you, you know, you'll hear in like rap music and things like that. And it's a it's a phrase that is used on the streets. You know, I'm getting it how I live and getting it how I live is just basically saying that, you know, I may work a job and make money and, you know, that's how I'm living. Or I may be involved in the streets and I'm getting it that way. That's how I'm living. Or I may own a business or I may be a consultant or, you know, I may uh, be a a uh, homebody and I'm making money at home. You know, like however you're living is how you're getting it. And that's what getting it how I live means. It entails. It's not a it's not one dimensional. It's it's in it's encompassing of everything, however somebody's living, you know, and you're getting it that way. So I wanted to share my journey and getting it how I live. And because I basically had to start from zero, uh, like right now, at this point in my life, uh, this job that I'm, I'm working, I work in the automotive industry uh, currently. and. Um, it's a pretty, you know, demanding industry because, you know, it soaks up a lot of your time. It soaks up a lot of your energy. Um, it really does, especially with the job that I have. Um, I'm what's called a stacker operator. And, you know, it requires a lot of physical movement and activity. And um, 
you know, you also have to use some brain power to figure out problems and solve problems and things like that to get the job done. But overall, um, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of days I'm exhausted because, you know, I lift weight all day long. And it's and sometimes it's like being in a gym for like eight hours straight, nine hours straight, six hours straight, you know, things like that. It can be it can get really intense. But uh, overall. I said, you know what? Why not start sharing what it is that I'm doing and what I'm going through so that I can encourage and help others get through whatever it is that they're faced with as well. Because look, it's one thing to say that you have this and have that and done this and done that, but it's another when people actually can hear it, feel it, see it, taste it, smell it. And in this case, this is a real deal. You know, it's me sharing with you what I'm going through, what I'm feeling, you know, how um, my ideologies and philosophies and things like that and how I'm making the most of it. And, you know, making this transition um, from getting out of prison and and coming back to as what we call the real world you know it wasn't that hard for me because i never really allowed myself to get disconnected from the world okay because i knew that it what people said you know say man all these things have changed i used to ask i used to ask this one simple question it's one simple question <laughs> When they say, oh, so much has changed, I'm like, well, like what? You know, what has changed? And and when people give me, you know, these things that have changed, I'm like, well, money's still money. Jobs are still jobs. You know, getting things started still starts basically in the same way. I mean, because we have the Internet now and things are, are going through the Internet a lot more. You know, uh, is, is, does that really mean it's changed? Because now, instead of having a flip phone or um, a, a, a push button phone like you had at home, people are carrying it around in their hands now. You know, uh, you have instead of just having a laptop or a desktop, you have a computer in your hand and it's a phone at the same time. I mean, look, it's basically still the same thing. It's just, you know, the way that we're going about doing it, that's what's changed. It's not, there hasn't been any changes in the sense of like the way people communicate. People are still speaking the same language. People are still doing a lot of the same fundamental things. So because I, I was aware of that, it didn't bother me that because certain technologies were introduced while I was doing time. Or maybe they enhanced and advanced that now all of a sudden I don't know what's going on in the world. It, come on, let's 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 get real. You still drive cars, cars still have wheels. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's still the basic fundamentals. Things that I left, I came back to, and it was still all the same. The only thing that changed for me personally is the fact now that um, you know. I may be faced 
and challenged with having what I would call um, the hardship of, you know, getting employment. And that wasn't really hard for me either because there was just, it's just certain things that I understood when it came to being able to do, you know, and I never, never, ever lost hope within myself uh, of what is possible or me making it or things like that. Because look, here's one thing that I did know. I knew that anytime somebody met me, they met me. They didn't meet the background story. They didn't meet, they didn't know anything except what I presented to them, you know? And I'm not saying that I'm putting like a false person in front of them or something like that. I'm just simply saying that when you meet someone, you meet what they present you with. And then once somebody, you get to know somebody and they start sharing their story, people are less likely to like turn away from you or shun you because of, you know, um, your background, unless it's something heinous, unless it was, it, it's something that really was terrible and, and things like that. Yeah. You know, there's still certain standards that people just, they're not going to allow you to um, enter into their world if, you know, you've done something where they feel like they can't trust you, you know, but because, you know, prison and jail is like a part of the fabric of society and it's so common for any and everybody to have gone to jail for something or, or they got family members who have been and things like that, like a lot of stuff don't even doesn't even bother people. It just rolls off of them like, oh, okay, you know, well, you're done with that, right? You recover from that, right? Okay, well, you know, come on, man. You know, that's behind you. Let's move forward. And that's how a lot of people have treated it. And 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 when I was in prison, I used to talk to a lot of those rich guys or guys who were like, you know, well established. And they would always be like, Man, I don't know what I'm gonna do now because I have this felony. And it's going to hurt me and this, that, and the third. And I used to tell them, I was speaking from, from pure experience when I used to say this to them. I say, man, look, you know, I come from an environment where it's common for people to have backgrounds, you know, and, uh, but they somehow, some way, you know, they come home and they get back to doing what they were doing. And I don't mean like going back to the same exact thing. Cause a lot of people like turned away from it, but they still found a way. It didn't hold them back. You know, they still was like, you know, okay, I'm gonna I'm get I'm gonna get out here and I'm gonna get it and I'm gonna make the most of it. And I used to tell them that's what you have to do, you know, because the people who know you, if they're really for you, they're gonna support you, you know. And if you're genuine and you you know, okay, you made a mistake, maybe you did something that you shouldn't have done, or you were naive in what you were doing that caused you to get, you know, incarcerated. It happens. This stuff happens all the time. And because of that, you know, don't take it like, oh, my God, the whole world is going to turn against me. Look, man, you get out there, you start doing something, you make the most of it. And before you know it, those same people who may have turned their back on you will be knocking on your door, begging you to do something with them or for them, you know, or have a, a, a presentation for you. So that, you know, that's what you got to do. And that's like people where I come from. And that have those situations have made, I'm talking about big examples of themselves by doing things like, okay, they got out, they were homeless or, you know, 
uh, they were staying with their family and didn't have anything. And, you know, maybe they they got themselves in a little trouble again, but they was like, you know what? I'm done. I got to do something. And they turned their whole life around. And then now they're out there making the most of it. You know, they got a good job. Now they're supervisors. And, you know, some people broke away and, and started a business and the business is thriving. And, you know, they moved away somewhere and, you know, they got uh, a whole family and, you know, their life is good. Life is stable. Life is moving forward for them. But that's because they didn't allow the circumstance and the situations to hold them back, to bring them down, to stop them from living their their full life. And getting in how I live, this podcast, that's what this is about. You know, I'm a I'm a man who's on a who's on a journey to make the most of himself and to live a full life. And to date, as of today, I have officially been out of prison for let's see, 2014, uh, 15, 16. 17, 18. So I've been out of prison for roughly about four years. Now, remember what I said. I did 13 years total. 12 of those years were um, uh, were actual prison time. And the other portion of it was halfway house. And then I got finished with, uh, with probation. But that's not counting probation. That's just counting the total because prison and halfway house, they go together. It's still when you're in a halfway house, you're technically still doing prison time. Okay, for those who may not be aware of that, anybody who's in a halfway house, if they're in a halfway house, they are not free from prison. They are still attached to doing prison time, not the prison itself, but prison time. So that's why they call it a halfway house, because you are halfway out. Okay, so. um, So, yeah, I did 13 years. So with that being said, you know, I'm I'm like, hey, I got to make the most of myself. You know, there was a a, a part of, of, of my life where I was homeless, you know, for from, let me see, October of 2015 up to around about May. Of 2016. So that's uh November, December. No, I'm sorry. Yes, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. So for nearly eight months, nearly eight months, I was homeless. And I when I say homeless, I mean no street address, no place to lay my head, no place uh of my own that I could call my home. I had to, in order to kind of like subvert my homelessness, I had to travel all the way to uh, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, which was actually, I had to go to Goodyear, Arizona, where my brother was living at the time. And, you know, stay with him for three months. But I was still homeless because I was there visiting him and he was kind enough to say, okay, you can come here, but hey, bro, you got to get yourself together, you know. And then, um, 
because right now I'm in uh, Jeffersonville, Indiana, which is right outside of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I'm right across the bridge from Louisville, Kentucky. And, uh, you know, this was the area where I was in, where uh, I was in Louisville at the time in Kentucky, homeless, left and went to uh, Arizona, stayed out there for three months, came back to Louisville, Kentucky. Um, uh, I had a woman at the time, still the same woman that I have to this date, but I, and, and we were in the beginning stages of our relationship at that time. So it was one of those things, you know, <laughs> just getting to know each other and all that. So, um, but she helped me out and I, I was like bouncing from hotel to hotel. Cause at the time I went to Arizona to record music and then I hit the streets when I got back to Kentucky started selling CDs and I was able to sell enough music to be able to eat and rent hotel rooms every single day. So, you know, you do the math on that, but, uh, I still had no place of my own. Like there was, there was nights where I couldn't, because I didn't have the money early on to be able to rent a hotel room. What I would do is, okay, once I made the money, that, that might have to be for the next day. So I found a hotel that would allow me to like sleep in the lobby, you know, and um, I would just act like I'd be sitting there, but I really be sleep. And um, it was always late at night. Uh, you know, I would tell the people, look, man, this is the deal. I got money, but I, you know, I just waited too late to rent the hotel room. You know, you can't check in until the next day, that type of stuff. So uh, some of the managers were kind enough to say, hey, OK, all right. We know your situation. We see you all the time. Just go ahead, chill out here for a while, but you're going to have to be out of here at a certain time because, you know, when this person comes in, that's my boss and they can't see you here. If they see you here, you know, and you're sitting here for a long time, then they're going to ask questions and I don't know what I'm going to tell them. And it was uh, a couple of times, uh, twice, where I slept in the Greyhound bus station because I knew that, you know, I could hang out there for a while without anybody bothering me and stuff like that. So, you know, when a food court would open, I would buy myself something to eat, uh, come back later on that night or whatever. I mean, I'm sorry. I would be there before the food court would close. And then, you know, I would sleep on the bench or whatever. And then the next day, boom, I was out, out and about doing my thing, you know. So um, I would uh, find a place where I could take a shower and clean up daily. But. I mean, that's that's basically what my life at that time for those eight months of being without like I, there was a, a whole week where I was actually on the street, you know, like day to day, day to day. And I, I figured it out. I was like, man, look, I got to do something. So. But this was real. This was the real deal. And this is what really happened to me. And so. Um, once I, I, I got, I got back and I was doing that in Kentucky, selling those CDs of my music, uh, you know, then finally my lady was like, you know what? All right, come here with me and, um, you know, we'll, we'll try to make this work and see, see what happens, see where it goes. And we've been together as of to date, uh, three years and that was three years ago. So, you know. We've been doing, we're pretty stable and we're working out. Things are, are, are going well, so can't complain um, as far as that's concerned. But now, 
I do have a job that I've been working for nearly two years come May of 2019. May 26th will be my two-year anniversary date. And I am working diligently to basically transition out of that day job into going full-time as an entrepreneur doing internet marketing because that's what I do is um, I'm an internet marketer. And um, I just recently started a new business that's actually registered with the state. It's called Friday Viral. And again, I'm going to mention that again. That's Friday Viral. And um, it's an internet-based company. It's an internet marketing company. And basically, Friday Viral is a company that does marketing online. And we take things and we popularize them. And we turn that popular, uh, popularity into dollars, meaning results. And in, in some cases, it may not be about dollars. It may be about um, gaining a following and uh, getting out the message or, or the visibility of someone or a product or ser service to the masses online. You know, sometimes it's not always about money. It's about reach, you know. So whatever that the um, the desired goal is, which in most cases is always about making money. That's what we do. And um, it's a brand new business. It's something that uh, just started. Um, and, you know, it's in its infancy stages. So uh, we also do uh, ads and things for people, uh, which that's also that's a part of that whole popular popularity turning into dollars thing going on. And so, you know, we we have our own services and and uh, sell things ourselves. So that's what Friday Viral encompasses and what it's about. Uh, but, yeah, this podcast is the first episode is the first recording. And, you know, I'm going to share with you my journey, getting it how I live, you know, the days that I get off work and, um, you know, me being a working man and, you know, me working on my business and growing my business. Um, cause I got this event that I'm going to, uh, in Nashville, Tennessee on February 19th from the 19th to the 23rd. And it's going it's for uh, the Funnel Hacking Live event. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but the company that's hosting, that's uh, sponsoring the event, putting the event, uh, event on is ClickFunnels. The person that's hosting the event is a guy named Russell Brunson. And for anybody who's a marketer uh, online, more than likely you've heard of Russell Brunson, you've heard of ClickFunnels, and you've heard of Funnel Hacking Live. So if you're involved in anything online, selling anything online, marketing anything online, more than likely you've probably heard of all, all three of those. And if you haven't, I'll explain. ClickFunnels is a, a online software. It's a, a company that uh, basically is where you can build web pages to um, market products, services, and you basically build a 
a segue for people to go through to be able to make a sale, okay, and and build email lists and and things of that nature, you know, and uh, social media followings and things like that, which are called funnels. So the funnel is, you know, how a funnel has this big open, a wide open end on top, and then it has this little spout on the bottom, you know. And that's the concept, the idea of what a funnel is. You know, you bring in the masses, bring people in, and then you control uh, where they go, what they see, and, you know, you get them to an offer. And that's what a funnel is. And that's what ClickFunnels um, allows you to do is to build those funnels. Um, Russell Brunson is one of the founding members and owner of the ClickFunnels company. And he's the, one of the guys who has actually championed and led the way with popularizing the use of funnels and the power of 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 the funnel and the funnel hacking live event is full of entrepreneurs and uh people who have made multi-million dollars using funnels and through click funnels and because everybody there is more than likely a ClickFunnels member, <laughs> uh, has a ClickFunnels membership, is paying for a ClickFunnels membership. And um, you go in there to learn, to network. And that's what I'm going there to do, to enhance my business, to enhance my knowledge, to uh, network and connect with others who are like me and people who have done more than me, people who can, you know, drop some nuggets and jewels and help me uh elevate to the next level and get things moving and shaking you know so i'm getting it how i live and uh i'm an entrepreneur with a day job working to transition out of the day job into uh back into doing entrepreneurship full time because like i told you before once upon a time i was an entrepreneur full time but you know when i went to prison and got out of prison and now I'm back in the world, you know, I had to start from scratch, from zero with absolutely nothing. And I've had to basically build myself up in order to get that. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say that I haven't had any support because if I said that, that would be a total lie. I've had support from my brother, support from my mother, support from my grandparents, support from my aunt who is three years younger than me. She's like my my younger sister, because that's how we act like brother and sister, um, you know, and other friends, too, but mainly the people that I just mentioned and um, also my my lady. And uh, but. They've made sure that I've, I've been in a position to um, be able to do things and not go back to doing anything because that's what everybody's been concerned about like oh please don't do anything to go back to jail or prison i said i'm not i won't it's not that type of deal that life is completely totally behind me it's just a story now it's a memory it's not a um desired action it's not something i want to be involved in want to do or anything like that because it's damaged my life and uh with my children and so it's also put me behind in a way where, you know, a lot of people have gotten older and they've built their, you know, their life out and they've been living their life. But me, 
you know, I was on pause for a long time, for 13 years. And then, you know, the pause button got pushed for me to, to get played. And now I'm in play mode. And, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm not trying to catch up with anybody because I'm not trying to uh, keep up with anybody. But what I am doing is I, I have been in the rebuilding stages of my life to get myself well established you know personally and also out in the world as who i am striving to be and accepted as yeah so that's what it is i'm getting how i live doing what i'm doing making the most of it I am North Star America. I do thank you for listening to this podcast. And this is Getting How I Live podcast. Thank you for listening. This is so dynamic, way beyond your average. This might be up for your head, so get some understanding. Getting how I live, going big, gigantic. I paint the picture so vivid, cause this is dynamic. This is so dynamic, way beyond your average. This might be up for your head, so get some understanding. Getting it how I live, going big, gigantic. I paint the picture so vivid, cause this is dynamic.